Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh my God, fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am, is, are turned on by it. Hearts or Housekeep? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my God, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any good moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to the Tell Us More podcast. Okay, we are. Is that how we're starting the episode? <laughs> okay, we are. Start. We are starting. We're starting. Let's do it. Let's get into it. We have no like, intro. I'm sure we'll have some eventually. Right, we'll get in. I mean, this you are is now listening to the Tell Us, tell us More. I definitely forgot the name of our podcast. Oh wow, it's been, it's, that's how long it's been. It's season two, episode two. Uh, uh, this is Marissa. And this is Hannah. You will never know the difference. Nope. Because not even we do. Nope. We just listened to the first one and I literally was like, I keep thinking that's me. And it was... Right. It was me. Not me. It was me and vice versa. So... Should I go first this week? I think we should... Yeah. Switch it Are up. We Are just... we going to go back and forth? Yeah, I think we should do one week me, one week you. Also, are we talking at the beginning? What are we? What well, are we doing? I feel like if we're being brutally honest, we just recorded the first episode. Ooh, exposing us. We can on our cut own that out. podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> well, we're going. Well, you know, we wanted to just get ahead, and so we're going to the state fair today. So that's we're being fun. productive as fuck. We really are. I mean, we're we're doing. We did one episode already. We're doing this one. And then we are. And now we're patting ourselves on the back for it because that's right growth, right? Personal growth. And we have to recognize our accomplishments. Yeah. And then we're going to the state fair after this, so we're doing a lot today. I'm so hungry, but I I just keep I keep remembering myself. I keep reminding myself we're going to the fair. I know, and you don't want to eat. Like you could, I have like a, I have some sun chips. You can munch on a few sun sun chips to get you through, but you don't want to fill up before the fair. I. I'm going to abstain from right. food until we right. get there so I can just inhale everything. Oh, I have a good question for I'm our intro. 17 Pronto Puffs. I yes. was going to say, what are you most excited for? Oh, sorry. I answered that before you. It's Pronto Puffs. Oh, my God. Pro- well, I'm excited for Pronto Puffs. I'm excited for cheese curds. Sweet Martha's cookies. Obby. Right. Also, one of my fav- what's your favorite thing to do at the fair? Mine would be people watching, honestly. Well, I right. love the people. I go to eat, and honestly, I was there on Friday, and I completely forgot that there were other things to do, but I do enjoy the art building. I always forget there's other things to do. Our, our friend Mike asked me <laughs> what I uh, was going to, like, what's my favorite thing to do at the fair, and I literally was like, uh, eat? Yeah. <laughs> I was wait, like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I didn't get hot dish on a stick last time because <gasps> I wasn't craving it on Friday, but now I, I want it. It 100% what exists. It's by the Miracle of Birth area. That's a tiny, tiny ew, stand. Ew, I know, I know. Ew. It's kind of Why amazing. is it there? Well, you gotta put it somewhere. The least appetizing place it could be. The pork chop on a stick is well seasoned. It's from not a little side one. Do not get it from a little side one. You gotta go to the big one. You'll know it when you okay. see it. All right. Now that my bladder is empty, what, Hannah, are you gonna tell me about? Or okay. Who? I, this was a suggestion from my mom and dad. Okay. I have one in mind that's like, she's basically like a serial killer. And I was like, I don't want to do that right away. Mm-hmm. She's hella depressing. Yeah. So I was like, I need something a little lighter. So I asked my mom and dad. And they suggested Jane Fonda. Oh, yes. So we're going to do yes. Jane Fonda. Yes, a, sh- a controversy. Do you know that there's controversy around I her? don't know all of it, but I do know I, I do know that this no is going to be interesting. Idea. I had no idea. I thought she was just an actress. 
Oh no. No, I'm skimming the top because there was so much information about Jane Fonda. And I really don't even talk about, I mean, everybody knows who Jane Fonda is if you don't get your life together. Right. Um, I don't really talk that much about like her actual acting situation. So, all right. So she was born Lady Jane Seymour Fonda. Seymour. Yes. Okay. But I liked that it was Lady Jane. Lady Jane. Um, on December 21st, 1937 in New York City. In 1950, when Fonda was 12, her mom committed suicide while undergoing treatment at the Craig House Psychiatric Hospital. And later that year, Fonda's father married a socialite, Susan Blanchard, who was only nine years older than Jane, which is gross. Mm, and it really freaked me out. That's disgusting. Right? Uh, this marriage ended in divorce. I felt like I would just include that. <laughs> I mean, obviously. I think we could have inferred, but go on. Uh, she attended Emma Willard School in Troy, New York, and Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, uh, where she was an undistinguished student, which I thought was funny. Like, she was just like... What does that even mean? It means, like, she wasn't, like... She was just kind of middle ground. She like, wasn't average. anything special. <laughs> right? Which well, I'm like, oh, okay. That's what she got into acting. Um... So then, before her acting career, she was a model, appearing twice on the cover of Vogue. Ooh. Fonda became interested in acting in 1954 while appearing in her father with her father in a charity performance of The Country Girl at an Omaha community playhouse. So that was like her first acting gig. Mm. She dropped out of Vassar, uh, went to Paris for six months to study art, and then upon returning to the States in 1958, she met Lee Strasberg, and the meeting changed the course of her life. Fonda said, I went to the actor's studio, and Lee told me that I had talent, real talent, and it was the first time that anyone except my father, who had to say so, told me that I was good at anything. It was a turning point in my life, and I went to bed thinking about acting, and I woke up thinking about acting. It was like the roof had come off my life. So What a quote. Right. So she started stage work in the 1950s and laid the foundation for her film career in the 60s. She averaged almost two movies a year throughout the decade. So, like, she's becoming Jane Fonda, essentially. Becoming Jane Fonda. <laughs> she played the title role in the science fiction spoof Barbarella, which established her as a sex symbol. Okay. So that's a moment in time. Uh, in contrast, the tragedy <clears throat> They Shoot Horses, Don't They, won her critical acclaim, and she earned her first Octor... Oscar nomination for the role. So by the end of that decade, she was turning down lead roles in Rosemary's Baby and Bonnie and Clyde because she was being very selective about her mm. acting choices. Okay. During the 1960s, Fonda engaged in political activism in support of the civil rights movement and in opposition to the Vietnam. She supported Huey Newton and the Black Panthers in the early 1970s, stating that revolution is an act of love and we are the children of revolution born to be rebels. It runs in our blood. So I liked that quote. She called the Black Panthers our revolutionary vanguard we must support them with love money propaganda and risk agreed she has been involved in the feminist movement since the 1970s and dovetails her activism in support of civil rights so she's basically just like a queen so far so good right in april 1970 fonda with fred gardner and donald sutherland formed the fta tour which stood for free the army which was a play on the troop expression, fuck the army. And it was an anti-war road show designed to answer Bob Hope's USO tour. So basically the tour was described as political vaudeville by Fonda, visiting military towns across the West Coast with the goal of establishing a dialogue with soldiers about their upcoming deployments to Vietnam. And the dialogue was made into a movie, FTA, which contained strong freight criticism of the war by servicemen and service women. On May 4th, 1970, she appeared at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque to speak on GI rights and issues. The end of her presentation was met with discomforting silence. Okay. Because the quiet was broken when a beat poet named Gregory Corso staggered onto the stage. Apparently he was drunk. I don't know why that matters. Uh, and he said, why hadn't she addressed the shooting of the four students at Kent State by the Ohio National Guard, which had just taken place? So then Fonda in her autobiography said of the incident, I was shocked by the news and I felt like a fool. So on the same day, she joined a protest march on the way home of the university president. 
The protesters call themselves They Shoot Students, Don't They? A reference to Fonda's recently released film, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? So then in the same year, Fonda spoke out against the war at a rally organized by the Vietnam Veterans Against the War in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. She offered to help raise funds for the VVAW and for her efforts was rewarded with the title of Honorary National Coordinator. So cool, I guess. The issue that caused the biggest controversy 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 so she visited vietnam traveling to hanoi in july 1972 to witness firsthand the bombing damage to the dikes so the d-i-k-e-s the dikes not lesbians no 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 okay the dikes are like (laughs) no i would never just call i know that's what i was taken aback by i was like oh So a dike is a long wall or embankment built to prevent flooding from the sea. Okay, so it's like a dam. So she was traveling in Vietnam to see the the damage that was being done by the United States to the dikes, the dams. So um, after touring and photographing the dike system in northern Vietnam, she said that the United States had been intentionally targeting the dike system along the Red River. So basically she was saying that like the U.S.'s plan was to target these dikes and basically flood the city. And she was speaking out against that because obviously she was like, that's not what we should be doing. Like, these are people too, essentially. Like, civilians are going to suffer. Yes. So, some guy named Joseph Kraft, he was a columnist, he also was touring northern Vietnam, said he believed that the damage to the dikes was incidental and it was being used as propaganda by Hanoi. And said that if the U.S. Air Force was truly going after the dikes, it would do so in a methodical and not harem-scarum way. Um, Sweden's ambassador to Vietnam, however, observed that the bomb damage to the dikes was described as methodic. So basically people are just arguing about whether or not the U.S. is actually targeting the dikes or not. And Jane Fonda thinks that they were. The thing that caused like huge drama. Like why people really started to hate her. Right. Why people still hate her. Was because she, while she was in Hanoi, she was photographed seated on an anti-aircraft gun. Which, do you know what that is? No. I had to ask my dad. So, an anti-aircraft gun is specifically for shooting down pilots out of the sky. Okay. It's literally anti-aircraft gun. I was like, oh, that That makes sense. sense. Um, so, she was seated on that, and they, someone took a picture of it, and it outraged Americans, obviously, because she's sitting on, like, enemies, on an, on an enemy's okay. gun that is specifically used to shoot down right. American soldiers. How did she come across that? Exactly. Okay. So she earned the nickname Hanoi Jane from this picture, which is what people still call her today. Right. I've um, heard that. Yeah. In the, her 2005 autobiography, she wrote that she was manipulated into sitting on the battery. She had been horrified at the implications of the pictures and regretted taking them. So I, in 2011, this is from her an entry on her official website. So this is Fonda explaining her version of what happened. So... Um, it happened on my last day in Hanoi. I was exhausted and an emotional wreck after the two-week visit. The translator told me that the soldiers wanted to sing me a song. He translated as they sung. It was a song about the day Uncle Ho declared their country's independence in Hanoi's Badang Square. And I heard these words, all men are created equal. They are given certain rights. Among these are life, liberty, and happiness. These are the words that Ho pronounced at the historic ceremony. And I began to cry and clap. These young men should not be our enemy. They celebrate the same words Americans do. The soldiers asked for me to sing to them in return. And I had memorized a song called De Ma Di written by an anti-war South Vietnamese student. Um, I knew I was slaughtering it, but everyone seemed delighted that I was making the effort. I finished and everyone was clapping and clapping and laughing, and including me. Here is my best honest recollection of what happened. Someone, I don't remember who, led me towards the gun, and I sat down still laughing and applauding. It had all had nothing to do with where I was sitting. I hardly even thought about where I was sitting. 
the cameras flash, and it's possible that it was a setup that the Vietnamese had all had it all planned. I will never know. But if they did, I can't blame them. So she was talking to Vietnamese soldiers. Yeah. So she was she was basically visiting these Vietnamese soldiers, and okay. and and they didn't kill her. No, that's what I'm also like a little confused about. It looks like she was just. Well, I don't think they were like high ranking. They were. I think they were like civilians that were drafted into this. So she. War. Why wasn't she with the American soldiers? Like, you would think that if she went there... Well, right. I guess she's anti. So because she's she anti-war. Right. So she's trying to see the war from the Vietnamese stamp. Like, she's trying to, like, get to know your enemy, essentially. Because she's okay. like, these people shouldn't be your enemies. Their whole... The song they're singing me right now is all about all men are created equal and all of this and okay. blah, blah, blah. So she's basically... She's not, like, in, like, the war-torn part, I don't think, clearly. Because she's, like, just... They're all singing songs and right. doing whatever. Basically, people... There was speculation that the Vietnamese did purposely guide her towards that right to sit on the, it, it looks really bad right because she is laughing and clapping and like and then she's sitting on an anti-aircraft right gun. she says if i was used i allowed it to happen a two-minute lapse of sanity that will haunt me forever but the photo exists delivering its message regardless of what i was doing or feeling and i carry this heavy in my heart i have apologized numerous times for any pain i may have caused servicemen and their families because of this photograph it was never my intention to cause harm so Basically, that blew up. Yeah. And everybody decided that she was, like, on the Vietnamese right. side of the war. When she was trying to just be anti-war in general. Right. She just wanted it all to stop. Because of that, during wartime, the subsequent rumors circulated about her visit, resentment among her, against her, among some veterans, and currently serving U.S. military still exists. So, when a U.S. Naval Academy plebe? I don't know what that is. I think just, like, a not super high like a new okay like so apparently in the navy there was like a ritual where they would all like i think it was when they were i'm assuming it was when they were going to bed or maybe not i don't know they would yell so the one guy would yell good night jane fonda and the entire rest of the company who had not even been born when jane fonda protested against the vietnam war would reply good night bitch and this i just thought that was interesting because it's people that weren't even born yet right like they don't even know what they're like saying <laughs> essentially and then so this practice was since prohibited by the academy's plebe summer standard operating procedures so that's apparently not allowed anymore which is good um in 2005 michael smith a u.s navy veteran was arrested for disorderly conduct in kansas city missouri after he spat chewing tobacco in fonda's face during a book signing event for her autobiography he told reporters that he considered it in debt of an honor, he added, that she spit in our faces for 37 years. It was absolutely worth it. There were a lot of veterans who would love to do what I did. And Fonda refused to press charges because she just feels terrible. She didn't want to look bad. Things, yeah. Right. right. Um, in 1988 interview with Barbara Walters, Fonda expressed regret for some of her comments and actions, stating, I would just like to say something not just to the Vietnam veterans in New England, but to the men who were in Vietnam, who I hurt and whose pain I caused to deepen because of things I said or did. I was trying to help end the killing and the war, but there were times when I was thoughtless and careless about it. And I'm very sorry that I hurt them. I want to apologize to them and their families. I will go to my grave regretting the photo of me in an anti-aircraft gun, which looks like I was trying to shoot at American planes. It hurt so many soldiers. It galvanized such hostility. And it's the most horrible thing I could have possibly done. It was just thoughtless. I mean, from what I've read, she, like, hella, hella regrets it, obviously. Right. I well, mean, yeah, that wasn't, I mean, she was, right. She was trying to basically see these people as people and not right. as the enemy, And they took advantage of that. Right. Well, the, allegedly, yeah. Right. She said she doesn't know if it was set up or not. Right. Yeah, I right. mean, what, right. I, I'm sure there was a chair right. they could have chosen. Right, 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 right. right. 
She, in 2013, it was revealed that Fonda was one of approximately 1,600 Americans who, whose communication between 1967 and 1973 were monitored by the United States National Security Agency as part of Project Minaret. So basically, they were listening to her phone and her emails and shit like that. Jane Fonda was one of those people because, like, they didn't trust her. Didn't trust yeah. her. Uh, I can see that. Right. <laughs> I just was like, oh my God. Like, makes Jesus. sense. Makes sense. This, and so now we kind of move on. I'm not, I, that's basically, you can take what you want from that. That's one of the things that made her the most controversial. Like, she's, that's the thing that I found because I had no idea that that happened. And my parents were like, yeah, she's super controversial because of that. And people right. still call her Hanoi Jane. Right. I'm just going to run through some other stuff that she's done. Yeah, where's um, the workout tapes? I actually don't touch on those at oh, all. Oh, okay. Well, they exist. The Jane <laughs> Fonda do. workout tapes. They do. Um, but I touched on... So she had a lot... She's a, lot, she's a huge feminist. Yes. Um, in early March 2017, in an interview with Brie Larson, uh, Fonda said, one of the great things the women's movement has done is to make us realize that rape and abuse is not our fault. We were violated and it is not right. I've been raped, I've been sexually abused as a child, and I've been fired because I wouldn't sleep with my boss. I always thought that it was my fault, that I didn't do or say the right thing, and I know young girls who've been raped and didn't even know that it was rape. They think it must have been because I said no the wrong way. So through her work, Jane Fonda uh, said she wants to help abuse victims realize that it's not our fault. Fonda said that her difficult past led her to become such a passionate activist for women's rights. She established in 2001 the Jane Fonda Center for Adolescent Reproductive Health, which aims to prevent teen pregnancy. Uh, and then in 2014, she revealed that her mother, Frances Seymour, was recurrently sexually abused as a young as young as eight, and that that may have led to her suicide when Jane was 12. I would put money on that. Yeah. So she's a big, big supporter of women's rights and, and abuse victims. That's rights. all a woman should be, but, you know, some right. people. Right. She led a march in 2004 on February 16th uh, through the Ciudad Juarez, so Juarez City, with Sally Field, Eve Ensler, and other women urging Mexico to provide sufficient resources to newly appointed officials in helping investigate the murders of hundreds of women in the rough border city. So in 2004, she also served as a mentor to the first all-gender cast of the Vagina Monologue. So she does tons of stuff right. throughout, and I just thought it was interesting that she also went down to Mexico and is advocating for women's rights down there. It's not just centrally right. located, which is nice. Good for her. She considers patriarchy to be harmful to men as well as women. She also states right. that for many years she feared to call herself a feminist because she believed that all feminists were anti-male. But now with her increased understanding of the patriarchy, she feels that feminism is beneficial to both men and right. women and states that she still loves men, adding that when she divorced mm. Ted Turner, she felt like she had also divorced the world of patriarchy and was very happy to have done so. Well, I mean, it, it is... It, it is harmful to men because they have this unrealistic idea of what it is to be a man and that's you're if you're a man you're a man and society tells you that you have to act a certain way so yes of course it's harmful right. to men because right. not all men want to be that way and then they feel this unrealistic pressure right i could go on well it's just it's frustrating because it's like nobody like, the second people here are like feminists it's like Oh, you hate men. It's like, no, that's no, I very not much at all love men. what it's about. Yeah, exactly. I very much love men. I would, I, so much so I want them to be able to express themselves in whatever right. way they feel like. I care. It's just frustrating. If you want to cry, cry. I'll hold you. If you want to cry, cry. I think the manliest thing a man can do is cry. You're not oh, afraid yeah. to express your emotions. So men, please cry when you feel like crying and don't feel bad about it. Hell we yeah. We love you. Hell yeah. <laughs> cry for days. Cry all the time. We're crying. Day. You might as well cry. Right. I cry all the time. Let's cry together. 
Basically, she's also supported a group of Native Americans who were led by Bernie White there. The group occupied part of the grounds in Fort Lawton, which was in the process of being surplused by the United States Army. So she's also working with Native American um, groups to... She's very against the pipelines. She spoke out against um, Trump's mandate to resume the construction of the North Dakota pipeline, saying that Trump does this illegally because he has not gotten consent from the tribes through whose countries that this goes. And she pointed out that the U.S. has agreed to treaties that require them to get the consent of people who are affected, the indigenous people who live there. So she's basically, she doesn't, she's not a big fan of good old Trump. Mm, bad old Trump. I'm ain't even shocked. <laughs> she also, I thought this was interesting, in 2015 expressed disapproval of President Barack Obama's permitting of the Arctic drilling. Basically fights for climate change in addition to civil rights. She's appointed, or she's a big opponent of oil developments. So that's that whole thing. She actually also criticized Justin Trudeau because Trudeau talked so beautifully of needing to meet the requirements of the climate treaty and to respect and hold the treaties with indigenous people, and yet he has betrayed every one of the things that he committed to in Paris. So Jane right. Fonda takes no shit. She's going to call you out for your shit. Right. You called her out for hers. Right. She's going to call you out. And then I just kind of wanted to end it with, um, she was a visible, I mean, she's a political activist as well as an actress, which I didn't know any of this shit when I started right. Googling her. When my parents told me to do Jane Fonda, I was like, wait, what? Right. Why? And then uh, there were two quotes that I thought I really liked. So one of them is from Newsweek in 1977. It's, to be a revolutionary, you have to be a human being. You have to care about people who have no power. Yes. Which I really liked. And then she also quoted um, in the news, the Associated Press in 1970, she said, in this country, the only way a minority can get anything done is to make a little noise. Well, yes, so Jane Fonda. Yeah, 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 so that's Jane Fonda. So that's that's a very lightly skimmed version. Right, the workout tapes. Right, I didn't mention those. I Like I said, I didn't really delve too much into her like actual like right. Hollywood life. Right, because that's, like, that's a totally, right. I mean, this is the juicy stuff. Right, Which and I had no idea about it, so if anybody wants to learn a little more about that side there's way more that i didn't even cover this is four pages that i right. just zoomed through so damn and i oh also if you haven't seen it grace and frankie on netflix is so fucking funny it has jane fonda and lily tomlinson and it's i think it's marketed towards older women but it is funny as fuck yeah and i adore it like if you ever just want a show to kind of just like if you're sick or something, you just want to show to make you feel better. Yeah. Ugh, Grace and Frankie. It's Grace so good. Grace and Frankie. I was thinking about that when you said Jane Fonda. That's the first thing I thought of. It's great. Have you seen it? I feel like I've seen snippets because what it is is they divorce their husbands. So and yeah. So gay. it's so, <laughs> so. So Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlinson, um, they're married to both of their husbands are business partners, and in the first episode they find out that their husbands are not only business partners, they're partner partners, lovers. Okay. So they get divorced from their husbands and basically Jane Fonda and Lily have to go live in the beach house that they like share. Cause like they were best, these two were best friends. So they like bought a beach house together and blah, blah, blah. And Jane Fonda is this like very like classy, like rich put together woman. And then Lil, uh, Lily Tomlin plays this like hippie, sweet right. smoker, crazy. She's, it's insane. And then they basically have to live together and they learn to live together while also navigating the fact that both of their husbands are now together. together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought they, those, their characters were the gamers. No, it's, it's the husbands. And it's, um, Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen is the one that I Marty. But yeah. That's fun. It's good. Watch that show. Also political activism. Yeah. Yay. Make some noise. 
Okay, mine is not as serious. Right, mine. I am excited. Mine is silly. It's a little. It's more serious than the Shamwell guy. Um, in a different way. It's more serious than the Shamwell. No, I mean it less. Or no, yes, it is. Well, it's happier. It's happier. We love him because he's giving you hair. He's giving you mustache. He's giving you self care, and he's giving you this catchphrase. I'm giving you Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah. JVN. JVN of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yes. And also Tammy, Mama Tammy. Mama Tammy. Um, Mama Tammy. Um, he was born March 28th, 1987 in Quincy, Illinois. Ooh, he's an Aries. Yes. He said he grew up very privileged. His family had money. He came from a long line of successful people, like, in radio and newspaper and TV. Like, I'm pretty sure I read that his family owned a production company, too, or something like that. Damn. So he was very privileged, and he was totally Mm -hmm. like, yes, no, I came from money, like, literally, like, we... Good for him. Right. Um, I mean, for saying it, not for coming from money. Right, exactly. For acknowledging. (laughs) For acknowledging, like, he did not have... I mean, he was gay, so, of course, in ways that his life was obviously hard. Right. Um, but he said his parents were extremely supportive, um, and they, they divorced, but he, even his stepdad was supportive of him. Um, he was a high school cheerleader, and I think it said he was the first guy at that school. Well, it's probably, doesn't surprise me if guys, that toxic masculinity, if you want to be a cheerleader, cheerleader. Um, he was so good at cheerleading that he actually got a scholarship for the University of Arizona. Hell yeah. However, he lost his scholarship due to bad grades. And Jonathan. He, I know, JVN. It wasn't his path. It wasn't his truth. Yeah. Uh, so he dropped out after the first semester. But then, I didn't know this, but I'm super excited, he came right here to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hell yeah! From 2005 to 2006 to go to the Aveda Institute. I knew this. Which is where, oh, I didn't know that. Which is where, or maybe you told me. You probably told me. No, I don't think I did. Oh, well, I get my hair done at the Aveda Institute, which is 10 minutes from my house. Hell yeah. So, I, feel... I knew he, I knew he had gone to beauty school in Minneapolis. Right. I didn't know, like, where. Oh, okay. Well, yes, obviously, Aveda. Um, you should have known. You should have known. <laughs> well, and he loved hair. He said he loved hair ever since he was a little kid and doesn't know why he didn't just go for it in the first place. Right. I remember watching a YouTube video... I couldn't find it about meeting like the queer eye cast. Mm-hmm. And he said that he wanted a highlight in his hair so bad when he was younger and his mom wouldn't let him get it. So he was secretly stealing change and like spare money to oh save God. up to buy like a oh box of hair dye. And then in that video, he said that she finally, he finally convinced his mom when they were in Florida and she let him get it done. Did he want like one Just like highlight? one single highlight. Oh my God. Just one single highlight. And he said it made him feel so good that he oh. wanted to be able to make other people feel that good too. Oh my God, but then that. in a different interview, I think he said that he did end up buying the box dye and doing it. So I'm not sure, like, maybe he did it twice. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he just added a second highlight. Or maybe he Two was... stripes of highlight. Yeah. Maybe he did end up buying the box and then just went and did it in Florida. I don't know. I heard those two different things. But regardless, it still made him feel so good that he wanted to make other people feel that good. Right. So, and at Aveda, and this is still how it is, students, like, students don't get paid. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to school. They're paying to be there. But you can tip them, yeah. which I do every time, but it's not mandatory. Right. And back then, people, he said people would tip him, like, a dollar, if that. And, like, mm-hmm. just, like, not a lot. So he, like, couldn't, like, live. Right. So he worked at Applebee's, and I also worked at Applebee's. Oh, Queen's so nice. Oh, my God, yeah, we both did. Oh, my God. I worked in the Burnsville Mall one, and you worked in the Lakeville one. I did. And then he worked probably in the Minneapolis one, I assume. I would assume. Um, but he got fired. 
Okay. And instead of getting another job, he literally just lived. Fired from Applebee's. I just stopped going. I, I fired myself. Just I quit. I was going back to college. Right. So I was like bouncing out. Well, I left after winter break and they said that when I come back in the summer, um, they'll train me into being a waitress or a server or whatever. Oh, because you only hosted? Yeah, I only So hosted. did I. And then I just never Fantastic. went back. I just, like, never contacted them. So I kind of just, like, ghosted sure. Applebee's. Sorry. I still love Applebee's. I get made fun of for it being my fave. Just went to Applebee's the other oh day. I love my Applebee's. Mom. Applebee's. I love it. Um, but then he just, like... Come on, God. Tell us more. Applebee's. Applebee's. Um, so he was, like, I can't, like... I'm not going to have a job. So he just survived off of, like, Twinkies and, like like cheap oh like candy like food like that and just like would just eat that oh to save money um and then I can't remember if he graduated or if he left but after after Aveda he moved to Phoenix to do hair for three years and then he left for LA after that to work for Sally Hirschberger Ooh. who is famous for creating Meg Ryan's signature choppy look hell yeah she is and it was dubbed the Sally Shag I did not know that part of the yes. story. I knew that Sally Hirschberger was the shit, but yes. I did not know that it was called the Sally Shag. The Sally Shag. And I'm not that. sure if he just went to work for one of her, like, stores or if he literally went to work for her. I know he was cutting Ooh. hair there. I'm not sure if it was, like, that was, like, her only salon um, or if they were, like, a chain of salons, like... Well, this isn't the Sally Hirschberger story. That's this true. This is the Jonathan Van Ness story. This is JVN. So... And he cool. <laughs> he hated it. Like he said, oh, it paid no. shit. Oh my god! So he drove back and forth from Phoenix or from LA to Phoenix every weekend to still cut his clients' hair in Phoenix. Holy shit! Because he just like wasn't making any money. Because he started out as How like can you afford a drive from right. Phoenix to LA every weekend. I know, especially during like two thousand eight ish. Especially if you're not making shit. Right. Exactly. Damn. But uh, I don't think Phoenix is that far from LA. Is it? Oh, I don't know. I have no sense of direction. Right, me either. Cool. Um, Seems just like it's another state. So, like, I mean, I it is. Yeah, it's far. It's assume it's far. Um, maybe, hey, we don't know. Maybe it's like from Hudson to Minneapolis. Who knows? Right. Um, not that it matters. But yeah, so he went, that's what he would do on the weekends because back then that was like, he said that was, you know, before really social media got big. So mm-hmm. he didn't, there was no, kind of no way to really have a presence. Like, right. That was like prime Facebook era, what year I feel was this? like. 2001? Eight? So he would have went to into Phoenix in 2006, so probably oh. from 2006 to 2009, Got it, which yeah. were like big Facebook times, but I don't even, was Instagram even around at that point? I don't think so, but I also think, wasn't Facebook still, you had to be in college? I think they had just opened it up because I got a Facebook in like 2008, like right before we started high school. We started high school in 2008? We were done with middle school in 2008. Right? No, because we graduated no, 2008, 2009 would have been sophomore year. 2009, 2010, 2010, 2011. Okay, so it was 2007. That I got it at, between yeah, the seven. summer of 8th and ninth grade. That's all I got know. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. That um, was a fun track down memory. Right, right. <laughs> I'm also not, I don't have a good concept of time. I don't either. <laughs> it's just, like we're just floating around. Pretty much. Who Aren't knows? we all? Aren't we all on this big crazy earth? We are. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he said that it was just like hard to create a name for yourself when social media wasn't really that big. Right. And so he wanted to keep the clients that he had right, and that's course. like another reason he drove to Phoenix because it took a while to build up that clientele mm-hmm. he wasn't like obviously high up at the Sally Hirschberger salon he said it took like a really long time to get high up if you ever did right so that's why he wasn't really making money um so then him and his friend Monique were just 
sick of it. So they left oh and started their own hair salon called it Mojo Hair. Oh my god. Yes. I and love it. It was I love a good name. Right. And it was a huge turning point in his life. Like that was a huge turning point. Oh. Because at that salon, he started doing the hair of Aaron Gibson who works for Funny or Die. She's like a director and a writer. Oh. So while he was cutting her hair one day, he was giving like a really high energy recap of Game of Thrones. Oh my God. And she thought it was so funny yes. that she wanted to turn it into a thing. So they created Gay of Thrones. Right. So she was working at Funny or Die when he started cutting her hair. Yes. Got it. Okay, cool. So they started Gay of Thrones where he was just like give mm -hmm. recaps and it was a huge success. He started getting paid in season two. Like, that's how, like, crazy successful it was. Oh and God, he, he wasn't paid the whole, like, first season? Mm -mm. Oh, my God. I think they just did it for fun. They didn't oh, know yeah, it was going to, like, I take guess, off. Yeah. And he was actually nominated for an Emmy. I know. So that's super great. And I Googled it today, and it looks like they're either still doing it or stopped at season seven. I don't know how many seasons there are of Game of Thrones. I don't care. They're still doing it, but the next season hasn't come out yet. Okay. So, yes, he's still, From what I understand. <clears throat> still going for it. Um... And then, fun fact, he actually got randomly hired to do the hair for the actual Game of Thrones cast at Comic-Con. And he... Shut up. He was like, I'm so worried they're going to think I'm creepy if they know about this or not, but I'm not sure. I don't think they, like, even knew about it, really. Or, also, the Game of Thrones cast is, like, very... Uh, appears to be very chill and fun. Right. So, I, I don't think... I'm friends with them. Right. Um... So in doing all of this took him to Margaret Cho and meeting Margaret Cho, she was another huge turning point in his life. And he loved her when he was younger and would like rent her like DVD like or stand up. Right. He would rent oh her stand up like every weekend. So he said he had it like memorized. So he was like, oh loved God. Margaret Cho. Um, uh, so now he's doing her hair. And, and Aaron's. And, well, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if it's still, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure. Um, he's doing Margaret Cho's hair. And now, yes, now he can do multiple hairs. So, multiple hairs. Multiple hairs. <laughs> and he doesn't just cut one snippet. Um, so, in doing that, then he started doing her hair for Fashion Police. Ooh. When she was on it. And then, from there, he started just doing other work for E. Yeah. And that's how he was able, that's how he heard about the audition for Queer Eye. So he was like, I have to do it, I have to do it, I have to do it. Like, I was made for this. I watched the, uh, like, the original, like, I was made for this. So he was, like, determined to do it. So then he got an audition. Well, he went to a, a chemistry audition, which is basically just, like, everybody that wanted to be on it was just hanging out to see oh, if they I vibed. Like, but he was like, what part of it has to do with science? He Where made his own product. Yeah, he oh makes his own product. Got it. Um... So yeah, everybody just like hung out and they wanted to see just like who vibed with who and like who would be right for the show. And so clearly he was picked to be the grooming expert. Obvious. And his self-care advice is just do it. It shows strength and self-care can be anything you want, whether it is like doing a mask or like playing tennis, just like whatever makes your makes you, Yes, exactly. And self-care creates your best self. And without him, we wouldn't have catchphrases such as, can you believe? Can you believe? Which is like all we said when we were drunk in Vegas. Like I just um, watched our video yeah. today where we were like hanging out in the cabana and oh we're like, God. can you believe? A cabana. A cabana. Can you believe? Can you believe? Can you believe? And I had an apple and I'm like, I'm eating an apple in a cabana. Can you believe? In Vegas. In Vegas. Can iconic. An iconic apple. I was like laughing my ass <laughs> up because we look so stupid. Um, we were, to be fair, we were drunk. We were hammered. All day. We were hammered. <laughs> Um, that was a really fun day, but he I'm also, go back to I know, yeah, yeah. Um, he also says honey a lot, but he didn't, I don't, he didn't start that. That's been around, but he just like says a lot. Strat culture, I think. Yes, it is. Slash might actually be. I actually read an article about how all of that stuff came from black drag culture. Right, right? 
Oh, so, so it's black drag culture. Yes, that that's how all that stuff, stuff started. So yeah, um, and it, what it, like it was a, it's actually pretty, it's actually kind of cool because like they really like stood together and they were like, you either pay us all the same or you don't have a cast. The guys of queer, yeah, all oh. five of them were like, you're not gonna pay one more than the other. We're gonna get paid Hell the same, yeah. or you don't have a cast. Hell yes. And so it worked. Yeah, because they're fucking amazing. Yeah, and they're just good friends, and they didn't, like, want... I mean, I'd be, like... They knew it was going to cause, like, jealousy and problems, too, if one person got paid more than the other. Um, So they were just like, no, like, we I wonder if that was the situation with the old Queer Eye show, because the old... The old season, old cast, they did not get along as no, well as... they didn't like each other. Right. And these guys are, like, together all the time. literally, like, comment on each other's... Like, that's one of the reasons I love them so much is because they genuinely love each other. Oh, they do. They like, genuinely are friends. obsessed. They stan each other. We stan a friendship. We oh. do. We stan a friendship. A true... Um, and then just like a fun fact, the reason that they filmed it in Georgia is because it's just cheaper to film there in general. Yeah. And then they would have more money to work with and like put towards the guys. And it also does just happen to create an interesting dynamic between like, you know, there's like a lot of racial tension and there's a lot of like political stuff they delve into too. And like, it just shows that's just a loving show. Like if you've never seen Queer Eye, you're missing out because like, it's more than just a makeover show. Like it literally, it's so heartwarming. Like usually in shows there's like, Ooh, a climax and it gets dramatic. Right. There's no dramatic climax. They're right. genuinely just helping people and it's amazing and it's heartwarming. I was actually discussing with, um, Ben this two weekends ago when I was at his cabin, they were saying how they think it, that the guys are like mean, like when they show up, Ben was literally saying, I just don't like when they show up, they're like super mean. Oh, to they the do guy. kind of like tease and I was them like, about I don't stuff. think they're being mean. They're being funny. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, well, the computer stole. Oh, my God. In classic Marissa fashion, I did not <laughs> plug in the microphones. So this... So Jane Fonda and pretty much all of uh, Jonathan are going to be... Okay. Okay. I'm cool. sorry. Um, Nothing's changed. Hashtag, it's still a hot mess. <laughs> it's still me, too. It's always me. It's always me. It's so no, annoying. No, that's only because you're in charge of them. If I was doing it, I'm sure I would fucking forget to plug them back in as well. Well, let's make sure you do it from now on and just see. Anyway. Whoopsies. Um, Queer is a good show. It's a great show. It's very heartwarming. And they were also nominated for four Emmys. So, obviously, yeah. JVN is the key to an Emmy. Obviously. Um, and season three starts in 2019, and this time it's going to be in Missouri. And also, I didn't know this until recent, but they have a book coming out. Shut they up. They all wrote a book together. It's called Queer Eye, Love Yourself, Live Your Life. And it comes out November 13th, and my birthday is the 15th, I'm just saying. So am I supposed to purchase that? <laughs> really, anybody. If, if my fans. Any of our fans. Any of our fans. All right, Mom, you need to buy this book for Marissa. <laughs> our fan. Um, and people love him so much that he actually like, it's kind of a problem because like one time he was running on the street of New York, like he's exercising and somebody came up behind him and literally like grabbed him. Oh my and, like, God. And we're like, oh my God, I love you. And he was just like, oh my God, like, hi. I would just like a PSA. It treats celebrities like people. Right. they are. Celebrities are people. You right. can't so, like, just jump up behind them. I know you guys are going to want to jump up behind us and like scare us, but like we're just people. We're people too. Right? Okay. We're okay. just people. We're people. Anyways. Um, and he still does hair because he loves it. Right. He still no, does I hair. I know that. And he... Follow him on Instagram to right. just make your life oh my happier. God, for sure. And it's $250 a cut and he charges everybody but his mom because time is money, honey. That's what he said. Oh my God. 
Um, and he used to not do that. He used to feel so guilty about that, but he was like, no, like I, this is like a service I provide. I can't feel guilty. I can't just keep doing it. Cause he would do it all oh, the time yeah. when he wasn't even making money. Um, he also has a podcast. Yeah. It's called getting curious with Jonathan Van Ness. And this is his passion project. Like it's not very, like it's not overly produced. It's not really like he does it cause he loves it. He does this for himself because he is a curious person. Oh. So like he has one topic per episode and he invites an expert in that field to come on and talk cause he just wants to learn. And he talks about everything from the Armenian genocide to Margaret Cho. And he had Tan France on one episode. And I listened to that even before, like, we decided to kind of, like, reboot this and, like, decided to change. And it was, like, actually really good. Of course it is. It's JVN. Um, (laughs) And he's been doing it since 2015. He's on iTunes and Stitcher, and so are we. So we're on the same platform of (laughs) JVN. Basically the same. We are. I mean, I just, like, we're on the same platform of JVN. So we're just as perfect. Um... And he is very political. Like, he, he, when he went to the U University of Arizona, he went to study political science. And even though he dropped out, like, he's still, like, a very political person. Like, I follow him on Twitter, and he speaks his mind, which makes me love him even more. And he knows what he's talking about, too. Like, he's right. not just talking he's out of his ass. He's insanely smart. He's so smart. He's so smart. Um, and he just makes it really clear. And in order to make something super clear, you really have to understand it. Like, right. you really got to know your shit. Um, and he's, he said, um, he's mad as hell and gay as fuck on Twitter. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> I wish. Um, and then he said his secret to success is his drive for passion, not money, which is so true. Like he doesn't really have any like sponsors for like especially like hair stuff or anything because he's like I just no, he genuinely chooses his favorite ones. Right. Because so he's like I'm not just gonna pick anything and sell it and put my name on it because I know people like really trust me and he doesn't like want to break that trust. Right. So and then I'll end it with. Um, it's important to talk about these issues. It's also important to moisturize your beard, but we can talk about it all. <laughs> and there you have it. Moisturize your beard. Oh my God, I forgot. I need to moisturize my beard. I have today. to moisturize my beard. Sorry, I gotta go. Gotta um, moisturize my beard. Sorry, TGYL. Um, oh. yeah, that's JVN, and he's amazing, Hell and yeah. there's just more reason to love him. Hell yes. Right. Uh, I feel like he and Jane Fonda can be friends. Oh, probs. I wonder, I wonder how he feels about Jane Fonda. I would love to have him on and talk to him about Jane Fonda. Same. JVN, please. Please come talk to us in our basement in Minnesota. You already lived in Minneapolis once. Right. So come, come back for a biz. Come back for a little biz. That's cool. What I'm excited you did him. I love him. I know. I love him so much. I'm thinking about maybe at one point doing Bobby because he's not on the, the show. Hero. Right. And he's literally like, it reminds me of that tweet that it was like, Jonathan, I'll cut your hair. Karamo, right. I'll give you a confidence right. boost. Anthony, I'll show you to pour a glass of wine. Tan, let's tuck your shirt in. Bobby, I will redesign your entire home with my bare hands by myself. So amazing. He kind of he kind of deserves some recognition. Like so, maybe I'll do him one day. I love um, Bobby. I love all of them. That's the issue. As I sit there and I'm like, I love him. I love him. I love him. But I love them. They're great. It's a great show. It is. Um, it's so a great show. Just like our show is a great. Exactly. Show. We're great. We have a very successful podcast. We're very successful. because we love. Um, we passion? are driven by passion and not, not money, money, which is Clearly, really good. We don't make any money. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Um, all right, I guess signing off for episode two. That was dorky. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> signing off. Signing off. Bye. Is that funny? That's funny. Okay. <laughs>